0: the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker and what we have been doing is taking a look at Proverbs. We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 16. Some of you have been asking how we're doing with our finances and we're about $8,000 short for the year to finish off our finances that we owe. So if you're at all able to donate towards law and gospel, it needs to be sent to Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. And any amount will be very helpful as we conclude uh, the year. We won't be on after next Thursday, because it'll be Christmas music. We will, God willing, be back at the uh, beginning of next year. Uh, And so we'll be off for a little while, but if you can send us a donation, Law & Gospel, Post Office Box 28910 and zip code in St. Louis is 63132. Without further ado, Proverbs 16, verse 18. Now, why are we looking at Proverbs? Do you want to know how God thinks? Well, the book of Proverbs, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit and written by Solomon, much of it, tells us how God thinks. And he gives us warnings uh, against being an unbeliever and of course, the benefits of being a believer. So, verse 18 talks about unbelievers. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. One of the programs I enjoy looking at are crime programs on YouTube, and one of them is called Meet, marry, murder. In other words, two people meet, they love each other, they get married, and then one of them murders the spouse. And it's a program to show you what gets in the way of a proper marriage. And all they had to do was go to Proverbs 16, verse 18 pride goes before destruction. In other words, that word pride is arrogance, and it precedes a disaster. Now, what happens in most of these situations is 90% of the women who are killed are killed by their partner. And of course, a lot of them are unmarried. And so, We shouldn't be surprised that someone who's doing, well, sexual activity outside of a marriage contract, that something bad happens to them. That's what it means that pride goes for destruction. And a number of the husbands or the partners who are men who killed their wives, and over half of the women are killed by their partners is because the husband believes he owns the wife. She is to obey him in all things. Now there's no doubt that God puts the husband at the head of the family, but the obedience is in regard to spiritual matters. So for example, if they have a child, the task of the husband is to see that that child is baptized, to see that the children go to church, a vacation Bible school, Sunday school, that he and the wife talks to them about the Bible at home. It is his primary responsibility. And the wife obeys the husband because of her love for Jesus Christ. But in many areas, I would say in about 90% of the decisions that I and Louise make, my wife, it has nothing to do with the Bible or with God. Like what color should we paint the rooms? What sofa should we buy? What food should we buy? In many of those cases, whatever she says is fine with me because it's not a spiritual matter. And therefore, the husband cannot order the wife around. But a lot of times, these wives get sick and tired, and the most dangerous time for the wife is when she tells her partner, guess what? I'm leaving you. And that's usually when bad things happen. God already tells us this. A haughty spirit occurs before a fall. Now, what does that mean? A haughty spirit is an attitude of pride, uh, somebody who thinks that they're in control of everything. And if you don't do it the way they want, then you are out of their circle. So we find already in the book of Proverbs, that God tells us why things fall apart. And it's often due to our pride or a haughty spirit. It all began with Adam and Eve. Because of their pride, they did not want to listen to God about not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They wanted to become like God. That's what Satan said they would become, a snake in the wilderness, and so their haughty spirit led them to fall from God's grace. And that's how every human being is conceived and born, with original sin. And that's why the book of Proverbs mentions again and again about how important it is to trust in Jesus Christ verse 19 of Proverbs 16 kind of says that. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to buy, than to divide the spoil with the proud. Okay, we've already talked about the proud, and those are those who have arrogance. They're unbelievers. They They don't believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that can happen even with a Christian when he or she sins. They want to become like God. And so, therefore, God's point of view, it's better to be of a lowly spirit. That means it's better to be humble with the poor. And the word poor here can refer to oppressed people. People can be oppressed because they don't have money to pay for their food or their house or their car. They may have problems in the family. They have problems at work. Uh, Things are not going well. But it's better to be humble in those situations with the oppressed than to divide the spoil with the proud. Now that's another way of saying to share stolen goods with the haughty. We've already talked about the proud in verse 1. Pride goes before a destruction. And therefore the proud are those who are haughty, who think more of themselves than they do of God. And therefore they don't mind dividing the spoil. Namely, they don't mind dividing possessions with the hottie and sharing it. It, It's kind of interesting to me that when you see movies that uh, two or three bank robbers go into the bank to steal money from a bank that before long when they get caught one of them is willing to tell the police who the other two are if he gets a lower sentence in court to be in jail. That's why I always think to myself, if I ever would rob a bank, I would be all by myself. I wouldn't tell anybody about it. I would have a disguise on, this sort of thing. Because when you join with others in dividing stolen goods, you can end up, getting caught by their own testimony. Now, of course, I don't have any intention of robbing a bank, but I've never understood why they get more than themselves to do that because the police are very good at at getting somebody to tell them who else was involved in the crime if they get a lower sentence in court. But that's what God already says. It's better to be of a humble spirit with the oppressed than to buy, divide the spoil with the proud. So a lot of us Christians, we wish we had more money so we wouldn't have to live from paycheck to paycheck. But God gives us this humility of recognizing our sin and knowing that Jesus is our Savior who promises to take care of us. So even if we are with oppressed people, it doesn't matter because God is going to keep his promise in making sure that all things work together for our good. Verse 20 expands on that. Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Now, of all the verses in Proverbs 16, beginning with verse 18, this is one of the best to help us understand the distinction between law and gospel. Because whoever gives thought to the word, and the word word can be capitalized, because it's referring to God's word, his holy Bible, to Jesus Christ. So one can say, whoever pays attention to the word will find good, but that's because there's a promise. We've said it a thousand times, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God. So when you give attention to the word of God, you will find good. Adam and Eve would still be in the Garden of Eden had they not followed the Satan and become proud and want to devoid the spoil among themselves and become like God. The second part of verse 20 is really very good in talking about the gospel blessed is he who what? You would think it would be in every other religion who obeys the Lord. No, it's blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. So even in the Old Testament, and particularly in the book of Proverbs, salvation again and again is by trusting Now, what does that mean? When you trust the Lord, what does it mean that you trust your parents? It doesn't mean that you believe they exist. No, that's not sufficient. It means that you know that when you are in trouble, you can turn to them and they will try to help you. In, In other words, children as they're growing up get to be pretty independent by ages three and four and they just want to be alone but then if they're alone in their room and let's say they fall down and hurt their leg what do they do mommy daddy they're calling to their parents to help them and so they do trust in their parents because they believe the parents will take care of them That's what God says to you in many, many verses in the Bible. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. So paying attention to the word of God is something that parents should be very, very much agreeing to and bringing their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's what Proverbs is all about. Because when instruction is mentioned in Proverbs, it's instruction to the child about the will of God. No, this is how God desires us to act. And even the word discipline can be connected to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. God and our parents discipline us in order to put us back on the path of salvation. That's a wonderful, good thing that we get discipline from God. And the more you grow, the more your faith increases and the less you need discipline. It's not that you don't sin, but you become aware of that sin quicker and repent of that sin. Verse 21 continues with talking about the believer. The wise of heart is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Now, this is God's point of view. When we talk about the wise of heart, We cannot say the word wise without thinking of the word wisdom. And throughout the book of Proverbs, the wise one, that is the person who follows Jesus Christ, who trusts in the Lord. He's wise of heart. And therefore, he is discerning. In other words, when he makes a plan, and he does that by what? giving thought to the word of God, that plan will be called discerning because it will be according to the will of God. How many times have you made plans and they fail? A lot of times it's because you were not discerning enough of the possibilities of failure. For example, a large percentage of new businesses fail within one year because people don't realize the cost of business, the time of business, and the effort to do business. But the wise of heart will balance out one's life in order to achieve what they hope to achieve. And sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness this is a great little passage, verse 21, for a pastor to remember. The most important joy I have is in teaching adults in adult instruction. Because many who attended my class were not Lutheran, they weren't even Christian. And then you could see the twinkle of their eye when you told them a distinction between law and gospel, that their works don't save them, but the works of Jesus Christ save them. And even if you are a sinner, heaven can be your home because of the forgiveness of sins. See, that's a sweetness of speech. I wouldn't start an adult instruction by saying, well, you all know that you're sinners, Therefore, you're on your way to hell. Uh, next week, we'll talk about if there's a way that God rescues you. No, you, you want to start a class like that. We'll talk about the rescue in the first hour of the class. Because even though the commandments show us that we do not obey God, there is a refuge and a rescue by God through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. Now, the sweetness of speech, that word, word speechness or sweetness talks us a little bit about honey. You know, honey is really good. Uh, I, I enjoy a, a breakfast of yogurt with some blueberries mixed with honey. Honey is always considered to be a good taste, as we'll find out later in the text. Verse 22. Good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. Now, good sense is, again, important to understand as coming from the Holy Spirit you may need to make some decisions. And by reading the Bible, praying about it, the Lord may lead you to a good sense, especially with the help of advisors. So you just don't follow what your heart tells you to do, but also what others who have gone through what you're planning on doing, so you are prepared. It is a fountain of life reminding us of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, a fountain of life to him who has it. Good sense. Uh, In contrast to the last part of verse 22, but the instruction of fools is folly. The word fool is obviously talking about one who at the time does not have trust in Jesus Christ. So one can say that the instruction taught by fools leads to folly. Leads to what? Well, verse one, a destruction or failure, not only in marriage, but in family relationships, in work relationships, in relationships with your neighbor. That's happening among a lot of young people today. They're listening to fools who are telling them, no, when you take this drug, you will feel a lot better. You will have a joy. So they taste it, whether it's marijuana, heroin, or whatever. And they have a high. And they enjoy that high until that high becomes a failure. And therefore, to get back to it, they take more drugs. Finally, they have to start maybe breaking the law to get money to buy those drugs. This is why listening to fools is folly. They may have what you consider to be, well, that's going to be a happy time. But in reality, if it's against the will of God, it will always end in a negative consequence. Verse 23, the heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. That really follows with verse 21, where the sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. What does that mean? Well, the heart of the wise, again, you have the word wise, so it's referring to those who are following the wisdom of Jesus. And when he follows the wisdom of Jesus, his mouth, his speech is judicious. What does that mean? It's intelligent. It's helpful. It's very good in advisory in telling a person what they need to do and so that's why parents are so important for children because a wise believing parent will make his speech more helpful to the child and it adds persuasiveness to his lips that's another way of saying when a wise person speaks using the wisdom of Jesus, it increases instruction to his lips. That's why a number of times I had made a decision to do something. But before I did it, I would test it out by asking people who had similar experiences, how did it work for them? And then I would discover, oh, I need to be careful about this, or I need to watch out for that. And sometimes there were so many negatives that were possible, I changed my mind and would not do it. But when I did not listen to the advice, then, for example, I began a business where I sold clothing, used clothing, and many used items to the poor. But I was only able to be open on Saturday mornings, and it simply did not cover the cost of the rental that I had. And so, within a couple of years, I had to give it up. If I had learned what I now know ahead of time, perhaps I would have gone about it in a different way. That's why the heart of the wise adds, or increases instruction on his lips to those who listen. The final verse 24 of Proverbs 16. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Uh, Remember, verse 21 talks about the sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness and that word sweetness is tied to honey well here honey is mentioned specifically gracious words are like a honeycomb and take a look at Ezekiel chapter 2 beginning with verse 8 where the words of Jesus Christ are honey to the Ezekiel as he eats the scroll of wisdom that jesus gives to him great passage proverbs 16 helping us understand god's will more on law and gospel on tomorrow's